Welcome to Coaching the Brave podcast with Yovana Chase. I am Yovana Chase, and I am here to provide you positivity and possibility because hope and community is something that we all strive for and we all really need. So enjoy and sit back. I am so thankful that you are here another week because what we're going to be discussing here is just so many fun people who are not only part of the military community, but who are also part of the civilian community and who have things to offer for the military. And it's not only about interviews and chatting together, but it's also about experiences of coaching and meditations and just fun little quirky things that come to mind that I just want to share with you. And I hope that they bring you a light at the end of the day to take with you toward to the rest of the week. And I hope you really enjoy. Without further ado, let's get into it. Well, today we have a very special guest with us, a professional who also is a military spouse. And this is why I love sharing this that are professionals. And there's so many of us that are moms on top of being a military spouse or dads or parents that really enjoy having that balance work-life balance and are able to handle all of that comes with that. Now, this spouse is very special because she is an activist for getting down to how military spouses every day goes. She is in the middle of writing a book and just getting research out there. And um, if you are interested in doing some research with her. I have all of her information in the show notes. So just go down there after you hear the podcast and follow her and understand like where she's coming from and what what her inspiration is for making this book for all of you. Here's a little bit more about her. She has been a military spouse for over 30 years. They were active before they went into the National Guard. And finally, into the reserves, the best and meaningful experiences were when she and her family merged during deployment. It was tough, but it was a a phase during which they all grew the most and knew what set her apart from others over the years. She and her family were number one on the priority and then her career. And that is very much reflected in our conversation today. So I hope you enjoy and please follow and share this podcast with those who you feel might need this inspiration. Thank you so much. And here we go. All right. Thank you so much for listening another week at um, with me with the Coaching the Brave podcast with Yovana Chase. I am your host, Yovana Chase, and I have, have Zulvia Jorgensen here with me today. We're going to be talking about awesome stuff, so I'm really excited to have her here with you all as a beautiful resource and 
an experienced military spouse as well. How are you doing today, Sylvia? Great. Thanks, Yvonne. I am so excited to be here and hopefully be able to share some of my experiences that may or may, may not be helpful, but I sure hope that I can help someone out there. Absolutely. Whoever it's meant to touch, it's meant for them. Absolutely. That's definitely the intention, right? <laughs> That's right. Beautiful. So if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, your life in the military, um, introduce yourself a little bit. Sure. Yeah. I'm Zlobie Jorgensen. I, I'm a mother first and a, a military spouse and also uh, work um, outside the house as well. So I have two children. They're adults now. And they definitely live the military life alongside myself and my husband. I uh, became a military spouse in 1989 is when I met my husband, but we got married in 1991. So 1989 uh, is, is a very historical year for me because I grew up in Germany in a Turkish family, met my husband in Germany who was stationed in Fulda, Germany. And that's the year the wall came down, the Berlin Wall, which many of you audiences are so young, they probably don't remember what that is or <laughs> know about it. But that's when Germany literally was divided into two countries. And then uh, lots of great events happened and uh, enabled people to be strong enough to take down the barriers. And uh, that's a very historical moment I still remember. And it was beautiful to be part of that and still be there. So. Um, after I married my husband, uh, we moved around with the military a little bit, but then eventually after seven and a half years, nearly eight years of active duty, we settled in South Dakota where my husband is from. And my husband went to school in, at South Dakota State University and um, was in the National Guard. And we were able to have sort of a home base uh, and raise our children. And then I also went to school as well, making sure that I got a degree and was able to provide for my family in addition to what my husband was able to do for us. And then eventually got recruited by Mayo Clinic um, and have been there since then, so 18 years. And my children are grown-ups and they're doing their own thing right now. So, And my husband and I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. And uh, Alan, my husband, is still in the military, in the reserves now. So he went from active duty to National Guard, then to Army Reserves. And yeah, that's our um, history, I guess. And that's our life. And he's been in for 32 years now. And I don't think we would want it any other way. So it, it has brought a lot of joy and experiences and growth opportunities for us. Oh my goodness. That thank you so much. You just touched my heart. That's just so beautiful. <laughs> thank wow. you. So being in an historical event in Germany, something that has been was such a such a a wave of emotion and experience for other families and you being able to have that openness for that to happen. And then meeting your spouse, meeting your husband, and you even changing your whole life and having that experience. And then um, just being able to branch out from there and choose 
to have a glorious experience like that is just so beautiful and being so you know um emotionally successful as well you know, yeah like, so important yeah absolutely and um what branch of the you said the national guard for what so, branch yeah my husband is in the army so that's all we know. So if I use any terms and maybe your audience does not recognize some of those, it's because of that. So I apologize in advance, but I'm pretty good about not using those terms. <laughs> so I'll Me too. That. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like we want to kind of steer away from that, right? <laughs> too many acronyms. <laughs> yes, that's for sure. Yeah. And you know, what's funny is that I've, I've been able to interview a lot of uh, army and only a few, a little handful of other branches so far, because I just started with my podcast. But I mean, so far, it's been an eye opener, because all I know is army active duty. So I'm mm -hmm. learning so much about the reserves and the National Guard now. And it's, it's really, it's great, because I haven't heard of one negative yet about them, the National Guard or the Reserve. It's all been positive experience and a growth opportunity for the soldier and the spouse. So that's Excellent. really interesting. Yeah. So what is an experience that impacted your life in the military in um, a life-shifting way? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I will have to say it's deployments. And the one that comes particularly to my mind is the first one that we experienced together as a family. And that was in 20, 2003, January of 2003. It was a very long deployment, 14 and a half months. It was at the beginning of the Iraqi in operation, Iraqi freedom, I believe is the term. And so Alan was deployed along with his um, transportation unit, National Guard unit in South Dakota to Iraq. So that was very uh, challenging. So being in the National Guard is a little different than being in the active duty where you sort of have your military um, families nearby in a base right outside a base, very close by. So you have a, a strong uh, community available at your reach. In the National Guard, being South Dakota, for example, you could be in a lot of different towns, cities, and rural uh, areas. And the area that we lived in was a tiny, tiny, tiny town <laughs> of 300 people. And the difficulty there is the dynamic of community in, in small towns like the one we lived in is if you're not a native, you're less likely to be accepted. Mm -hmm. And so it's very, you have to be very creative to, to build your network. And it's, it's like, and then really identify what works, what doesn't work. So you don't waste your time yeah. <laughs> with certain individuals trying to, you know, that. build that network. Um, so you become very quickly in terms of like identifying people who's going to be really reliable, who's going to be trustworthy. And so, and, and who, what you have in common with people. So that was probably the challenge there. So our children were eight and two, so very small children, and I was um, at the time actually working on my master's program and 
was not working full time, just part time for the school. I was teaching a class here and there. So, um, and my family is in Germany and Turkey. So I don't have family close to South Dakota, other than my husband's family. But that's a that's probably a topic for another podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we uh, we managed it, and the promise that I made myself there is because you have to look at life a little differently. You are the only person in your children's life, so you have to be the strongest uh, person for them. And they go through a lot of emotional changes, especially the eight-year-old, because they can hear things and you have to really manage their expectation, make sure that you share truthful information. Uh, So the promise that I made myself is I'm going to take care of myself, because if I don't take care of myself, I cannot function for and be a great mom for my children. So that means I really watched my nutrition and and luckily the way I was raised <clears throat> made it very simple <laughs> because I already had some of those habits, healthy habits that I just basically converted to that immediately, you know, eating vegetables, fruits, um uh, not not so many processed things and just the basic uh, you know, lots of cooking, homemade cooking and things like that. And then exercise is key, right? So again, having small children, it's not like you can run to the gym. It's really incorporating the kids, you know, one on the bike, the other one. Yeah. <laughs> and, and here we go. So that type of exercise mm-hmm. where you can just kind of work that into your schedule, which is immensely important. And exercise is not so much, oh, I want to lose weight or I want to be skinny. It's really... I want to feel healthy. Right. That's exactly the focus there. And then the mental health piece. So where I, what you want to do, what I did there is really cut out any negativity that I could cut out. So that's including news, that's including people sometimes, you know, and not in a rude way, but you don't have to be around negativity if you don't choose to. And it's okay to, um, to to give you that permission, give yourself that permission not to be around that. So, so with all of those various changes, we were able to go through that deployment. And I have to say, what a growth opportunity! And of course, there were other deployments that followed, which prepared us for this. But really, that's it was incredibly difficult because communication systems were not set up like the way they are now, um, and. We did not know where Alan was for several, for three months or so. Uh, And it was very challenging, but yet at the same time, it's really a growth opportunity for myself, my children, and Alan. I think it was just overall very life-changing event. Wow, I can only imagine that. That was, yeah, right in the millennia right there. Mm-hmm. Just the start of it right after 9-11 and that's when all of that happened and for you to have this already established mentality of I need to focus on my health so that I could be here and be a stable stability for my children I mean that's something that I didn't click until just three years ago maybe. and who knows maybe we were the, you know the same age but yeah. maybe you were younger too and that's not a mentality that we have you know as 
at all as, as young parents. And for you to have that mentality of even, I need to eat healthy. I need to move with my children. And even to not feel that stuckness of, I have kids, I can't go to the gym. You know, that, that mind shift of, I'm going to do this with my kids. This is okay. <laughs> yeah. It's it's those great skills that military spouses build along the way. The flexibility, creative problem solving. Yes. Um, I think it's all of the, those things. And they are problems, right? Generally, when your husband leaves or your spouse leaves, everything starts breaking down. And I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> so you really have to be strong and really try to help yourself and be open and just give yourself the permission to reach out to others who maybe know something more than yourself and learn from them or just hire help too. I mean, if that's an opportunity that you can, you can do. So absolutely. 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 And that's just amazing that, you know, you were able to have that in that time where even the mental, like you were saying, you can choose to not be in a environment that is negative and even to not listen to the news, especially at that heat of the moment. It was hard not to. You knew that wasn't healthy for you and you were able to just say, I'm just not going to be there. That is something that our councils do tell us nowadays and before don't watch the news especially when your spouse is gone <laughs> just so just avoid true. it yeah exactly. yeah so true you know thankfully he came back i'm hearing that he's been in now for 32 yeah it'll be 32, 32 in august i believe yeah okay amazing and I also heard you say that you got your master's in that time as well. So tell me a little bit about your experience fulfilling your career and your degrees while still being a military spouse. Yeah, so I like to start with the great benefit of being a military spouse. The GI Bill mm -hmm. <laughs> it can be stretched. Uh, and especially at the time when I was going through uh, getting my degree, which was um latter part of 1990s, early 2000. So we were able to actually use some of it for me as well, in addition to what Alan used for himself. And of course, in addition to that, there are scholarships within the schools that you can also apply. And and, and I there were lots of great people that were looking out for me. So a great support system with the instructors and professors that were also looking out uh, for me to succeed. So to, the reason I went, uh, I, actually, I was not going to go to college. I So I grew up in Germany. There were lots of things that people have in Germany that we just get just being there in Germany and that we don't get in the U.S. We have to work for those things, such as healthcare is as part of, uh, you know, they have a government system where it, social system that of, of offers everyone a health care. So that was a big thing. And that's a necessity. So I realized when we moved to South Dakota, when you leave the military, I think at this point, you can still get TRICARE, but it's such a humongous amount of money that you pay that we could not afford the premiums for that. And I realized very quickly in South Dakota, we were not going to get health care insurance. And we had a two-year-old. Nicholas was two, year, two years old at that time. Um, in South Dakota, you have to be extremely poor 
and then you qualify and you don't work, which to me is, is insane because you want to work and yeah. provide for so, so to me, that was not acceptable. And just having a, a high school diploma doesn't get you far. So I was not able to get a job with benefits, obviously. And my husband was going to school full time. So we didn't have health insurance for a couple of years or so until I was able to land a job. So I promised myself I'm going back to school. <laughs> so that is the reason. why I went back to school, get a degree, and I started taking classes here and there, and I realized, wow, I really love school. (laughs) I think I'm just going to keep going. Um, And I think what what was so important about that, one, you meet a lot of people, right? Lots of people with different types of backgrounds in in a university environment. So I think that was very encouraging. Plus, professors, they had lots of different backgrounds backgrounds from a lot of different areas in the U.S. or even internationally. Uh, And then, of course, I just loved learning and that growth mindset is still with me today. And so I kept uh, going and I finished my um, master's degree in economics, actually was going to get my Ph.D. and then teach. Uh, But then at that point, I had two kids and and it didn't seem like it was the right thing to do for me at the time. So I was recruited by Mayo Clinic uh, right after I graduated. And I just went to work thinking, well, I'll work a couple of years and see and then maybe apply uh, to a PhD program and then go that way. But I really like working. I like the fact uh, because you still in an academic organization like Mayo Clinic, uh, you have the opportunity to continuously learn, which is an, uh, it's an academic organization, plus work and uh, gather, you know, have that experience of uh, providing to the mission. And where I started there is in marketing research, marketing where in the laboratory services, which is actually the for-profit arm of Mayo Clinic, which is the biggest differentiator for that company, which a lot of people don't even know about. Laboratory services and laboratory is so important to diagnosing patients with complex diseases. Absolutely. I love that. Um, And then from there, moved into project management, uh, built project management office in one department at Mayo Clinic, and then moved into the digital uh, solution creation uh, with uh, product teams and now still there where we're actually creating uh, telemedicine solutions in a variety of different ways, connecting people, uh, patients, the right care team, uh, connecting individuals who are looking for care in a way that's much more efficient. So we're building that infrastructure so we can actually use artificial intelligence yes. to really respond to the needs of the individual. Um, so I really love that job uh, at this point and probably will stay there for a while <laughs> as long as I still have fun. So that's kind of like my, uh, the reason why I went to school and then where I started in terms of career progression and where I'm at now. So amazing. Wow. You, thank you for your work as well as your husband. Thank you. Um, you, you're at the forefront, you're pioneering this new realm of medicine with AI and, you know, telemedicine and all of that. And I hear, I hear the commercials and I, and I understand where you're going with this. And it's really, it's really fascinating. And I'm glad that you're having fun with it. That's the best part. Yeah, absolutely. Having a career that you can have fun with. <laughs> absolutely. 
And you did mention that you wanted to teach and get your PhD in the past. How do you believe being a career-driven woman has impacted your children? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, So I grew up in a Turkish family in Germany. And so my parents, we, we sort of escaped poverty in Turkey and immigrated to Germany. So in terms of education and work is in our DNA. So that's always been the case for me. And that's probably why I still have that growth mindset. Yes, I have a job, but I, I continuously want to learn and uh, continue to contribute. That is kind of instilled in my children as well. So they are right now, you know, Nicholas is an adult who's a firefighter, paramedic in Kansas City, has to continuously, um, you know, continuously keep his certifications up, continuously educate and learn um, and then grow as well. And then Maya, who is our daughter, she uh, has her pre-med degree, but she decided that is not her thing. And she sort of dove right into real estate investment, where she just actually passed her test today in real estate. Congratulations, (laughs) Maya. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I'm so happy for her. And, you know, she's investing (laughs) in homes and improving them and renting them out and learning along the way. So I think that is something that's instilled in us. And I think it makes us a lot happier just to continuously learn. But just learning is not enough. I think you have to share it with others, right? You can probably relate to this. You share it with others. That's the rewarding part of that. Um, So I think to them, it was just, just what they know. And that is what you do. Um, it's not so much, you know, climbing a ladder in terms of career. It's more so the impact that you're doing. Are you having fun? Are you really helping? Um, are you bringing value? And, and while you're doing that, then that's then you're doing the right thing. If you're not, then look for something else. And that's will at some point probably cross that path, right? If I feel yeah. like I'm not getting anymore. But yeah, that's what I would say. Oh my goodness. Do we lose sight of that with, you know, different avenues in our lives, different experiences, but for you to have that as your core and instilled in your DNA as that belief, you know, and that knowledge that you're passing that on. It's just so beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. And your kids, they sound successful and happy and you did a great job, mama. You were just <laughs> we have challenges too, but we you right. work from them, right? <laughs> right, right. We learn from them, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So tell me what you're working on now. What's going on? I know that pretty you're pretty busy. Yay. Tell us about so, yeah, so on the side, so I still work at Mayo Clinic and on the side what I'm doing is a it's uh, researching a topic that I will then hopefully publish a book about that's so close to my heart. And it's all about military spouses. It's strengthening the military spouses in a way that uh, they no longer will have to struggle in terms of building their career while they are accompanying their spouses in their, in their spouse's career development. And then really developing their own identity 
uh, and learning how you can take down barriers. So there is this part. So what I'm doing is the research uh, phase right now. And what I'm learning is there's the these challenges, roadblocks along the way where military spouses, even if they wanted to, even if they um, wanted to work, it's very difficult to do that. Uh, they are highly educated because uh, they, you know, we have a lot of benefits that we can utilize in terms of financial assistance to get education. They're highly educated and they're highly skilled. And the skills that they develop along the way, from my perspective, they're change agents, they're creative problem solvers, they're risk managers, they're able to make quick decisions. They are masters of efficient process development because you definitely have to have that down. Um, and, and they are emotionally as well as culturally intelligent because of the experiences that they're making. They're nimble. They're flexible. These are all great skills that lots of organizations are looking for in almost any type of positions today, like with especially in the digital transformation spaces. In fact, the, the department that I work for, every single position that we have would benefit from those skill sets. In addition to the technical skill sets that I'm calling, for example, for IT engineering, you should know how to code and things like that, right? That is something you can learn in a class. Oh, yeah. Those other skills are acquired through experiences that our military spouses do. So those are, I want to be able to highlight that. I want to be able to identify themes and opportunities where companies can actually uh, understand what is it that they can do to help these spouses and benefit from them for their businesses. Um, the reason being is that um, that they're highly valued uh, labor force and, and but yet they have difficulties getting recruited due to certain, Things on their resume, like gaps and things like that, there are very good explanation for that. Um, but so I, that, that's what I'm trying to do with the book, highlighting those challenges. Um, how can you easily navigate through some of the programs? For an example, if I'm a mental health provider in California as a military spouse and I have my license there, but now my husband gets his orders and we have to move to Virginia. I am automatically not able to practice in Virginia, right? So what those individuals are looking for then, what, are, what is that step-by-step -step process that I have to go through to get my license renewed? And instead, what happens is they may go out to military one source. They click on one link, then they get to five additional links, then they get to three more links, and then by the time uh, it's said and done, they lost in the massive. Oh, yeah. Things. And they just don't, and they haven't made any progress. So time is valuable for anyone, Absolutely. even for our military spouses, and nobody wants to waste time. So I want to be able to identify those challenges and then provide some solutions that would not, will not solve everything, but at least help solve some of the problems that military spouses have and then also raise awareness in organizations that these spouses are highly educated and skilled let's let's give them a chance so that yeah. that's oh yes absolutely thank you for so much for your drive and commitment to that that's going to change so many lives 
And um, I know that you have had this amazing experience so far with your research and and very excited to hear your passion for it and to feel that and all the rest of the world because we're everywhere. Spouses. <laughs> and I'm learning so much from these yeah. spouses. And, and, and I, I had that conversation with you too, Joanna, and I learned so much from you as well. It's just, it's just amazing. Just amazing. Just being able to interact with them, even though it's virtually, I just love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thankfully, the technology is there for this. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Would you consider yourself supported um, by anyone or any resources that helped you, you know, with your military community? Absolutely. So um, I know many of us have a lot of resources available, especially in the active duty. Those are a lot more clearer versus in the National Guard. But even in the National Guard, my experience has been that when you do have these family readiness groups, I think is what they call it, <laughs> uh, take advantage of them. And again, I think there you have to kind of evaluate, okay, am I going there and benefiting from it? Meaning, or am I exposing myself to lots of negativity? Then you, you know, how to, how to remove yourself from them or drama or whatever the case might be. But it may also be an opportunity where you can actually help someone who has maybe not gone through it. Right. So definitely, definitely, if those opportunities exist in your environment, take advantage of those. Other, uh, and, and some of us have very strong, uh, family, uh, as a support. And those are definitely, I, I love my family. My family has, even though they're far, far away, <clears throat> they have also come and helped whenever they can and stayed with the kids if I had to travel for an extended period of time. And, or I sent my kids over to Germany over the summer where that, not, of course, that's a win-win. Okay. And not only am I getting help, but they are also learning the language and uh, the culture mm-hmm. there. And then... um the other thing, it's really in your own hands. If you're a military spouse and you're an introvert, which I am, you have to force yourself out of your shell and go reach out to individuals that you can build a network with. And that is just so important for a lot of different reasons. It's for pers- personal, primarily, because you can be of assistance to them. They can be of assistance to you if you ever need them in the event your husband is it may be in training or even deployed. So th- those are important. Build that network. Um, and professionally, it goes the same way, right? I That's an important piece for me. And it may become more naturally to me just because I've been in that professional venue. But that is an important piece. The networking is what gets you ahead. Networking is what really creates those opportunities. And networking is just a part of the socialization, which makes people happy when you have that social engagement. Uh, So, yeah, I I guess my calling would be to those military spouses, go out there, don't be scared, uh, participate in things that works for you and not because your friend does or your neighbor does because your situation might be unique. What works for me with my grown-up children, I might be able to be more flexible and go to different places and travel. 
and, and network that way. But you, on the other hand, if you have two small children, three small children, you might want to seek a group of parents who are actually getting together, do play dates, and really um, socialize at that level with grownups as well as the children. So you're really helping yourself as well as your children. So absolutely take advantage of those uh, opportunities. Oh, absolutely. Those resources are out there. And like you said, uh, Zilby, to work, do what works for you as an as a spouse, as an individual. What other words of hope for the future for the either military spouses or veteran spouses that are listening to today? Yeah. So thank you for asking that question. Military spouses are the backbone of the military. And that is not, military is not going to go away and it's super important to our, uh, to our country. Uh, what I would like our military spouses to do is speak up when you have the opportunity to speak up. Whether you're using social, um, uh, platforms to do that, whether that is creating a community within your area to solve a particular problem that you see in your community. And even if Maybe it's that problem that we're seeing where military spouses are unable to uh, create that career for them. And there are some that are very successful. I'm not saying that there aren't. But you want to maybe increase that population of success within the military spouses. Participate. Uh, share your learnings uh, on, on different platforms with your community. Speak up and don't be quiet. The military needs you. Because if you're successful as a military spouse, your spouse will be successful and our country will be well served. Well, thank you so much, Sylvie. I love this episode and I love your time. Thank you for being you. Oh, thank you so <laughs> much for having me. I appreciate it so much. Absolutely. Thank you. And best of luck with your book and your research. Oh. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and thank you. And may I say one thing, if, if you're listening and you would like to share your story, your experience, whether you have a job right now or a career, it does not matter because those that don't have it have a lot to say. And uh, so please reach out to me. I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, wherever you want to reach out. Um, th th that would be wonderful. I would love to listen to you. Yeah, and I'll put your links in the show notes below the episode. Thank you so much, Yvonne. Thank you, Zilby. Have a great day. You too. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Bye. What an amazing conversation that was. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise, your knowledge, and your skills with the Coaching the Brave community. We appreciate you so much. And for you listeners out there, if you enjoyed it and it really touched your heart and you thought of someone that it could benefit, share it with them. Thank you again for listening. I encourage you to review. Check out my website as well, yovanachase.com. And find me on Instagram and Facebook at Coaches. And I am here because I want to help you succeed. I want to help you be a more positive you. And right now I'm doing a promotion where you will get a one-on-one -on -one holistic fat loss program. Um, you can get a free 15-minute call with me. So if you head on over to my IG, under my bio, you can find that Calendly 
uh, link where you can go ahead and sign up for that. I'm excited to speak with you in person. Oh my gosh, through this Zoom virtual life here. So if you are interested or know someone who might be interested in losing 20 pounds in 90 days holistically, please share, sign up. And again, I cannot wait to talk with you next week. Have a wonderful week.